Good morning. <laughs> I like that. One more time. Good morning. All right. My name is Derek Skinner. I am the high school minister here at PCC. It's great to be with you guys this morning. Before we get started, though, I'm going to go ahead and pray. So let's, let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you so much for how you love us, how you take care of us, how you provide for us. I pray, God, today that honestly you'd speak through me, that you would help me with the words and help me to apply the truth to myself, Lord. Pray that we would live outside these walls. We would live your truth outside these walls, and I pray, God, we'd do it today. We love you so much. Bless me if you would this morning. Amen. All right, here's what I want to do. Changing it up, it is a family Sunday, so you're going to see a lot of kids. Kids, glad you guys are here. This is awesome. I want to split, if we can, the crowd. I know, division. That's one of those things. Here's what I want to do. Right down the middle, I want to take you guys over here, balcony included. And I want you to do this for me. Put a hand up to your ear like that. And I want you to say, when I point at you, I want you to say, here. Ready? Here. Oh, one more time. Here. All right. That was pretty good. This side, you're with me, balcony included. I want you to put your hand in a fist, open up your palm, hit it down. I want you guys, when I point to you, to say, do. Ready? Here. One more time. Here. That is impressive. Okay. Here's the thing. You guys, have maybe, how many of you guys have kids, right? And sometimes you're instructing a child, and you're talking to them, and it seems like they hear. Oh, it seems like they hear. And then you watch what they hear. And it doesn't match up. You've been there, right? My son might have a hearing problem. I love my boy, my boy. And he was singing in the car the other day, and I love it when he sings songs. And he was singing this song, and it went like this. Jesus loves me. You've heard the song, right? But the next line, he may, may have messed up. It was, Jesus loves me more than I love him. <laughs> like, might be a hearing problem there. So I want to test how well you guys hear and do. So here's what has to happen. I need you to stand. I love this game. This game is called the arrow game. So if you can see the arrow, hopefully you can. The way this game works, it's very similar to Simon Says. First part of this is simple. I want you to say the direction the arrow is pointing. Can you do that? Here we go. Left, right, up, very good. All right. You guys are special. Okay, here we go. Second one. I want you to point with both hands in the direction the arrow is pointing. Can you do that? How many of you guys like being a PCC? See, that you don't have to say it. See, this is where we go back to that hearing thing. Just point. All right, let's try it again. Try it again. How many of you guys like being at PCC? Yes, you do. Hands up. Let's do this. Oh, which way? Up. Oh, slow wave. Oh. All right, stop. Now this time, this time what I want you to do, I want you to say the direction and point with your hands, okay? Say and point in the direction of the arrow. Good. Now it gets tricky. Are you ready? Yeah. If that wasn't hard enough. Oh, man. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say the direction, point the opposite. 
not. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is the fun part for me, okay? Yeah, here we go. Okay, well, I'm going to have to say this again. We have people doing this number. <laughs> say the direction, point the opposite. Here we go. Well played. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> it's fun to be at church. Okay, here's the thing. I love games like this because games like this help communicate simple truths, doesn't it? What happens when my words do not match my actions? At least confusion. I mean, workplace environment. Look, you tell me you're going to do this, but then you don't. What happens? Confusion. What happens then when we talk about Christ in our Christian walk? What happens when we say we love people, but then we see how we treat them? It leads to confusion. How many people I've heard of, they say, look, I would come to church, I would be this Christian, if it wasn't for this one person who, you know, they say they love God, but man, you watch the way they live, all of a sudden it's different. Right? You been there? You seen that? So here's the thing. There's this expectation that if you believe, there's kind of these actions that follow. So here's the thing. It shouldn't surprise us. I said expectation. Oh, look at that. Amazing. Um, it, we see this all throughout the Bible. You go to the beginning in Genesis, right? And God tells man, here's what my expectation of you is. I have a job for you. You're called to cultivate and work the land and multiply. Then you see when he's establishing this nation of Israel, he gives them the Ten Commandments or expectations, instructions on how they should live. So it shouldn't surprise us when we get to the book of Matthew. And we see, for the first time, we see Jesus talking to his disciples, and he lays out for them expectations. Okay? So if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. What's interesting about this, this is the first point this, for Matthew. This is the first time Jesus sits down with his disciples and gives them some in-depth instruction and teaching, kind of laying forth the expectations they have. Now, if it was me, if it was me, I don't know if I'd do it this way. I'm going to put this. This sounds good. If I was Jesus and I'm meeting for my disciples with the fir like first time, I think I'm going to do it this way. I think I'm going to tell them, hey, guys, come follow me. Here's what I want to happen, all right? I'm going to teach you how to cook, and I'm not just saying for one. I'm saying for everybody in here. Like, here it is. You want to turn water into wine. Ooh. I'm going to bring people back from the dead. I'm going to teach you how to do it. That's how I think I would start, but Jesus doesn't start that way, does he? If you look in Matthew 4, he starts off with repent, for the kingdom is near. If you go to 5, he's going to tell them this. The way in which you live matters. So get your life right. Here, here's what we got. The text is going to be on the screen. If you would, I want you guys, if you would, to read the highlighted part. I'll read the rest. Can we do that? This means yes. Yes, good. All right, here we go. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its salt, how can it be made again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. That's pretty harsh language, isn't it? Let's keep going. You are the? Of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be? Neither do people. A lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your? Shine before others that they may see your? And glorify your Father in heaven. 
You've heard this verse, I'm, I'm sh- certain, before, haven't you? Jesus said your two things. What, are, what is it? You are salt and light. Salt in that day and time. Kids, they didn't have refrigerators. I know what you're thinking. Thank goodness I didn't live then. They didn't have fridges. So what they did is they put salt on their meat to keep it to, to last longer. It would slow the process of decay, right? So salt, in, in turn, it brings life. That's what salt naturally does. It brings life and adds flavor, too. Didn't know if you knew that one. Second one, light. Light reveals. Have you ever been in a dark house? And as you're walking through the dark house, you forget the coffee table's right there. And your bare foot happens to, boom, hit it. And all of a sudden, you forget you're a Christian. (laughs) Been there? Light reveals things in the darkness, doesn't it? It reveals the obstacles, and it helps guide us through. For this section, he says, he says, look, do your good deeds so others can see, and then glorify your Father. In other words, the way in which you live will reveal God to others. You get that, okay? The whole purpose of this, then, is helping other people see God. Helping other people to see who God is. That is the big point of this. Now, here's the question. How do we do that? Look in your Bibles, Matthew 7, 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. A very familiar passage. It says this. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to For this sums up the law and the prophets. In other words... Put yourself in their shoes. Treat people the way that you'd want to be treated if you were in their shoes. That's basically the idea he's going to lay out in these next two, three chapters, okay? So, how do we do it? I've tried to take the Sermon on the Mount and break it down into five ways we can help others see God, okay? Five ways we can help others see God. Come on up here. I've got my lovely assistants to help me, all right? Five ways we can help others see God. First thing, I've got motions that go with this. I need you to help me with the motions. All right. First one, Cameron, if you would. First one is this. The way we help others see God, I want you to give me a thumbs up. Sometimes it's the things we say yes to, so say yes. Yes. And sometimes it's the things we say no to, isn't it? Now, some of this is easy. All right. Jesus said it in a parable. He said this way, if something causes you to sin, cut, cut that thing off. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If it's your eye, gouge it out. Now, we don't want people to be maimed, right? We don't want them to walk around, oh, I'm a Christian. That's why I don't have an arm. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying here is that if there's sin in your life, things that cause you to stumble, you need to get rid of it. So we would say this, should we get rid of this? Stealing. Give me the thumbs down. Yeah, we got to get rid of that one. How about Lying. Yeah, we shouldn't lie. We should be people who tell the truth. Okay, here's where it gets a little more interesting. This is my no box, by the way. Yes box, thumbs up, no box. Thanks, Cameron. Doing a great job. That's why you got that high school educated. Yeah! Okay, this one's a little more difficult, isn't it? Were we created to do life alone? No, we're created for community, so friends are a good thing, so yes box. But we know some influences can be bad, don't we? And it really, this is where it gets gray. Because if it's a bad influence, maybe we should cut ties. Or maybe that person needs us more than you ever know. Oh, it gets hairy, so we'll put it here for now. Let's check this one out. 
Aha. Good? We were created to work. This says job. We were created to work. God made us with that, that innate ability. So I would say, yeah, there's a good one. Good. There you go. Way up there. I know. Exciting. It's a good thing. But let's say maybe it's, it's better pay. It's better benefits. Oh, no, that's a good thing. I like getting money. Anybody else? Okay. So maybe it's better pay and benefits. Okay. Maybe it's a job I love. Yes. Good. But sometimes when you get better pay, better benefits, you also have more time. And it may take away time from things that you really care about, like your family or others, right? And maybe you have to make the decision of, look, my time matters. And I, I don't know if I can make that sacrifice, so maybe you have to say, see, it gets difficult. But what happens when we say yes, thumbs up, say yes. yes. And when we say, no. it reveals our priorities, doesn't it? The things that really matter to us, it reveals it. Second thing, Rachel, if you would. Rachel, what do you got in your hand? My shoes. Do they stink? They do not. Thank you. All right. Right, Todd? There it is, buddy. Here's the thing. Jesus says this, right? He says there's this problem going on where people are swearing. They're saying, yes, I will do this. I swear on the temple I'll do it. And he says, stop doing that. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just, in other words, the slogan for Nike is just do it. I want you to do this. Do a check mark with me. It's the swoosh. And I want you to say, just do it. Ready? Just do it. When you say you're going to do something, just do it. I was going to buy a van once. Went to this car salesman. I had my father-in-law, my father, and my dad, because we don't go alone, I guess, to do this stuff. And we got there, and this guy, it was about 150,000 miles on the van, and it needed a timing belt to be changed. And it was everything we wanted in the van. I said, look, I'll pay the price if you do this. And he said, you got it. Come back tomorrow. We'll sign the papers. Tomorrow, it, tomorrow came. I sat down at the desk. He said, all right, let's do this thing. And I said, did you change the timing belt? And he said, oh, wait, we didn't agree to that. Let me go talk to my manager. So he goes, talks to his manager, comes back. Hey, we can do that, but it's going to it's gonna cost a little more. And I said, well, you're going to have to find somebody else to sell it to. <laughs> ain't going to happen, man. I want the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, right? We should be people who keep our word. Okay. Number three, Matthew, come up here. Here's what you get. Nothing. Okay, come here. Here's what I want you to do. This is what we got. If you guys would, mimic. Go like this. Make it rain. You're giving money away. We should be people who? Give generously. Give generously. Give generously. Right? Here, let's do it. Ready? Give generously. Oh, yeah. We should be people who give away. If you look at what Jesus says in this section, it's not just giving... Well, he says for the Roman soldier, go the extra mile. Giving to the needy. We see this with people. Down south, I had a, a friend of mine, multimillionaire. He had sold his business. And when he did, he made so much money from it, he gave the church $750,000. Now, I wish. How many of you guys would like $750,000? Yeah. Just sit down if you'd like that. Good job. <laughs> and that's me, man. It was awesome. It was a great gift, right? And some people can give financially. That's awesome. But we're not just saying you need to give your finances. Sometimes it's your talents and abilities. How many people have honestly quit their jobs that made lots of money and gone overseas to serve because, they, look, I have this medical training and these people need it most. Sometimes it's our abilities. I would say one thing we all have, or for the most part, is a home. Maybe there's somebody in your community who simply you need to reach out to, bring them in to your home. 
And I'm going I'm to feed them. I'm going to take care of them. One missionary was coming on furlough, needed a car. And this professor down at Johnson said, look, I just bought this. Kind of his baby. Can I give it? And he did. He said, here's the keys. You need it right now. And the reason why this helps others see God when we give generously, because it shows, again, this kind of idea of priorities. We don't have the same view of money that the world has. We don't see it as our own, do we? God gave me the ability to speak. God gave me the ability to build or craft, whatever it may be. He gave me that ability. And therefore, it is his money. Uh, a mentor of mine said before I went on the mission field, he told me, he's like, I, I didn't like asking for money. Hate, hate asking for money. But he said this, Eric, one, get over yourself. Two, he said, he said, when it comes to asking God's people, don't be afraid to ask God's people for God's resources to do God's work. Amen? Amen. So we should be people who help others see God by giving generously. All right, Hannah, if you would, thank you. Hannah's got a Bible. I need you guys to raise your right hand like you're being sworn in. We help others see God by speaking the truth. It's right there. Okay, it's okay. Try it again. We help others see God by humbly speaking the truth. Well, humbly, so we need to kneel. Humble and speaking the truth. Hands up. I want you guys to say, speaking the truth. That's what we do, right? We speak the truth. Thank you, Hannah. If you look at what Jesus says, there's this section back there towards the end of Matthew, Matthew 7, I think, where it's talking about don't judge. And he says this guy comes up and he sees a speck in his brother's eye and he tries to take it out. And the guy's like, whoa, look at that plank you got in yours. And Jesus says, deal with the plank first and then help with the speck. We say we should speak the truth, but we should humbly speak the truth. We should be people who recognize we have faults, don't we? This means yes. Yes, we do have faults. Otherwise, we got another conversation. All right? So here's the thing. We have faults. We have problems. We're all sinners. We all have planks in our eyes at times, right? And he's saying, look, we humbly accept, but we're still going to tell them the truth. When I'm walking in the dark and I kick a table and somebody's following behind me, the most loving thing I can do is tell them, look out, there's a table, right? Tell them it's going to happen. It's warning them. So let's review. The ways we help others see God, first off, it's by the things we say and We help others see God when we keep our word by simply just just doing it. Here, we help others see God by giving generously. And finally, we help others see God by humbly speaking the truth. Now, all of these are considered, they're kind of easy. Think about it. When everybody agrees on what is true, easy crowd. When everybody has lots of money, or I'm good for the month, it's easy to give, right? You get the idea. Here's the thing. Here we go. What's up? This is difficulty. Everybody say, high difficulty. This is when it becomes difficult. Matt, you're giving money away. If you would, hang on to that. A little heavy. Matt, make it rain, baby. Hard to, I want you to give, give it to people way up in the balcony there. Matt, get your hands up. Hands up, Matt. Hands up. Harder to give, isn't it? It's harder to give when funds are tight. When I don't know where it's going to come from, it's harder to be generous, isn't it, when difficulty comes. And yet, this is one of the greatest gifts sometimes God gives, of gives us the difficulty to shine brightest. 
Light shines brightest in dark places. It's hard to tell the truth when I know people aren't ready to hear it, right? Or they're not going to receive it well. It's hard to keep my word when I know it's going to hurt me. It's hard to say no to things that everybody else is saying yes to. Let me tell you a story about difficulty. Friends of mine, I, I, I did a summer in England, and these friends of mine, uh, Ryan and Annie Moliette were their names. I, I lived with them for the summer, and towards the end of my time there, Annie got a call, a phone call from her doctor. Doctor said, Annie, you have the C word. You have cancer. It's a call nobody wants to get, right? Now, I would love to share this like, amazing story how God healed, but that's not what happened. They fought it for a little while, it went into remission, and then it came back with a vengeance. Eighteen months later, Annie was dead. But let me tell you about the impact that that had. The church community rallied around them and prayed night and day, and that community was so close-knit and so active and strong afterwards. But I think the most important part, honestly, was the next-door neighbor. Their next-door neighbor would not talk to them. Stubborn as a mule did not want to talk to them. Until one day, they're out and about, and they see the neighbor pull up. And the neighbor comes in, looks dejected, and they go to the neighbor and they say, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And she says, well, I just got a call from my doctor, too. And I, too, have the C word. I have cancer. And all of a sudden, from this shared difficulty the gospel was able to come in. I had a friend of mine who's, who's working right now in Jordan. They wanted to work with Syrian refugees, Muslim people, and the thing is, they couldn't get into Syria, so they went to Jordan, and Syria basically came to them, right? And he's working with them, and guess what? There's a lot of suffering there. And all of a sudden, the gospel is opened up to those people. Pretty cool, right? Suffering, who would have thought? The way in which we suffer matters. Now, now get this. The reason we can do these things or should do these things is because Christ did them first, didn't he? They wanted to make him king. They said, come on, let's overthrow this government. Let's establish a kingdom like David had. But Christ said what? No. That's not why I'm here. That's not my purpose. I'm here to do my father's will. He showed him his priorities. Every time God made a promise, he's kept it. Isn't that amazing? You go here, you want to talk about giving generously, right? Jesus opened up his arms. He said, I'm, not, I'm going to take on the form of human. We see this in Philippians 2. I'm going to take on the form of man. I'm going to become like them, and they're going to basically turn on me. I'm going to give my life up for them. You want to talk about generous living. And then finally, you want to talk about speaking the truth in love. Jesus said, I am the way, the, and the life. No one gets to the Father except by me. It doesn't matter if you're trying to do good things. There's this meeting I had. I was in Thailand, and I was meeting with, um, the, we actually were meeting with this Buddhist monk. And he was meeting with a group of students, and this missionary, this Thai missionary went up, and he started talking to him and saying, look, Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, the only way up the mountain. The Buddhist teacher then said, well, there's multiple ways up the mountain. If you're atheist, you do a lot of good. Maybe that's the way you get up the mountain. If you're Buddhist, do a lot of good. You get up the mountain. And this missionary would say, and we would say too, that's not right. There's only one way to the top of the mountain, and that is through Jesus himself. And some people do not want to hear it, don't they? They don't want to hear the truth. 
But that is the truth. I stub my toe on a coffee table. I'm telling you it's coming. You may not want to hear it. It's going to hurt. This is it. Now, here's the thing. After this section concludes, right, he preaches the sermon. He concludes it with this, and I want you to sing it with me. It goes like this. The wise man built his house upon the... The wise man built his house upon the... The wise man built his house upon the... And the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. And the wise man's house stood firm. Yeah. Good. Jesus ends. He doesn't sing the song. But he says this, right? He says this in Matthew 7 on the screen. Therefore, everyone who these words of mine and is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So in other words, there's two men. There are wise and there are foolish, correct? Wise and foolish. And they both, get ready, I'm getting ready to point to you. I'm getting ready to point. You need to know what you're doing. Two men. Both men. Oh, both men. They both hear what God has to say. Wise men. They do it. Foolish men. Do not. You were right. You said do. I said not. We work. That's the difference between wise and foolish. A wise man knows what's right and they, he does it. The foolish man knows what's right and doesn't do it. So here's the question. I want you, if you've got a cell phone, pull out your cell phone. Pull out your cell phone. In a second, I'm going to ask him to dim the lights. And if you're going to make a decision, say, Lord, this week, this week, I may have to make my priorities right. I may have to say yes to some things. I may have to say no to some things. Or maybe you're going to say, look, God, I want to be somebody who just does it. I'm going to keep my word. People, when they see me, they know I'm reliable. I want to change that. God, maybe it's, I want to be extremely generous. Or finally, maybe there's somebody who needs to hear the truth, and maybe that somebody's you. If you would, let's bring the lights down. Bring the lights down. There we go. And what I want you to do is take out your phone. And if you say, God, this week I'm going to serve you. God, this week I'm going to do what you want me to do. I hear your words, and now I'm going to do it. All I want you to do is do this. Just turn your light on. Turn your light on. If you say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you want me to do this week. Turn your light on. Here's the thing. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Light shines best in the darkness. The world is broken and it needs you. For those you're making that commitment, I want to pray for you guys. For those who haven't made that commitment, I pray that you would. But let's pray together. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your son coming into this world and showing us the truth showing us and lighting it up for us. I pray, God, for each person in here who lights their light and say, I will follow you this week, God. I pray that you would be with them to give them the courage to step into a broken place and be light that is desperately needed. Help us live it out, God, each and every day. Help us not only hear your word, but to do what it says. We love you, Father. It's in your son's precious and holy name. All God's people said, amen. Thank you all.